Hi, my name is Zulu Uwala and I'm the founder of Careria and welcome to season two of the Careria podcast. If you are new here, the Careria podcast follows the stories of young impact creators and change makers, social disruptors and youth activists that are creating impact and change in their communities and all over the world. In our first episode of season two, we spoke with Heritage Somilawal, who's the founder of Her Dream Initiative, which is an organization that's concerned with women's rights and girl-child empowerment. Heritage has worked with and volunteered with a number of organizations, including Amnesty International, Alala Fund, and Thrive CIC Future. She is very passionate about educating people on key policies affecting girls and women. And she's also an advocate for the protection of the environment, as well as an ambassador for the EU-UN Spotlight Initiative on Prevention of Campus Sexual Violence. This was such an interesting conversation to have with Heritage, um, and I'm super excited for you to listen in. And a quick note, this episode was recorded in 2022. So if you happen to hear some references to dates and months, please keep that in mind. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hello, my name is Heritage Somilawal, the founder of Hadrim Initiative, and you're listening to Career Podcast. So hi, Heritage. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to speak to you to learn more about your work with Hadrim Initiative and just what all the other things you've been working on, how you've been creating impact in your society. But of course, we'd start off with a very common question that we ask in every podcast episode we have. And it's just that you tell us a bit about yourself, your journey, what drives you and yeah. Okay, Um. thank you so much Zulu for having me. To be honest, I feel like this is going to be um the most candid conversation I've had in a while concerning social impacts and um, just generally the organization. So my name is Heritage Somilawao. I am a Nigerian and I recently graduated from Obafemi Awolo University um, with a degree in law. Yes. And I think the whole strike COVID-19 pandemic just made me realize that I actually had a passion for women rights and advocacy and social justice. The whole mix, really, I just really felt I could do something about it. And so apart from volunteering with various women rights organizations in between those years, I decided to start an organization solely for that purpose. And that was how Her Dream Initiative started last year. 2021 um random which other random facts okay yes i love k-dramas so when i'm not um working researching writing i am probably watching a korean movie and And, um traveling too i i really do love traveling i was just telling my siblings yesterday that i really want to you know see other parts of the world you know just spending time doing that so yes that's that's all about me well thank you for telling us a bit about yourself about your journey and about what led you to start her dream initiative now we know why you started it um you said that you gained a lot of experience well 
volunteering. And I think that volunteering is so important because it definitely gives you an idea of how organizations work on every level. That's if you really if you really like use your volunteering experience well, you can learn so much and you can definitely learn things that you apply to whatever project you're doing and even to life generally. Like I know personally volunteering with organizations like Global Changemakers definitely helped me like understand what goes into running an, a non-profit sort of or well not necessarily running a non-profit but definitely about keeping your network engaged keeping volunteers engaged so it's good to know that that's one of the driving forces behind her dream initiative so now could you just tell us a bit more about her dream initiative what is the goal of hdi i hope it's okay that we're calling you hdi by the way but what is the goal of hdi um why why was it important for you to start it what what was the reason for you starting it beyond your volunteer work so i would say we had dream initiative it was sort of um a transition in a way because before then people already knew me as someone who you know was involved in a lot of advocacy and at some point i actually switched to more of the humanitarian side and i think that at the end of the day her dream initiative i feel that's what we should represent that's where we are heading we want to go into where this discriminatory acts are actually being done we want to see you know hear the experiences of these women find out how to help them and it's so important that we do not um leave a sector of people behind and i think that's something i noticed you know feminism women rights we tend to um spotlights political participation which is good we tend to spotlight women in leadership you know women as CEOs, executives, which is good. But it's also a category of people, and I think that's why we came up with the name Her Dream. We, there's a category of people who don't even have the, they don't have the um, ability to dream. They don't have the ability to say, oh, I want to be a CEO because at the age of nine, they're in, you know, a random old 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 man's house and mm-hmm. you know becoming his wife. So they are actually people like that. There are realities where they can't even dream, you know, of becoming these things. And I think that is why I started a dream initiative to kind of close that gap to make sure that we're leaving no one behind, literally. So yes, that's yeah, that's really interesting to hear. And I was actually going to ask you where the name Hadream Initiative came from. So it was nice to hear like wh- where the name stems from. It wasn't just some random name. There's a meaning behind it. And I totally agree, especially in, I haven't worked in every like feminist organization, but from a bit of what I see, many non-profits or impact projects that are focused on women really try to look at women in leadership, women in political positions, which is important, but there tends to be like a a sector of people that are sort of forgotten. So I think I I really like that. And it it reminds me of this thing. I I attended an event, I think about two months ago. It was a movie screening uh, of a movie called The Other Women, which looked at um, w- women with disabilities and how they are sort of forgotten 
most NGOs might not really give them as much um, attention as they would give other women in society. I think it's really so it's really great like what Her Dream Initiative is doing, looking at other women, finding out what they want to achieve and helping them like achieve that. But speaking of helping women achieve their dreams, what's what does Her Dream Initiative do specifically? Like are there programs that are done? Um because I know that I, I follow, I'm connected with you on LinkedIn, so I see a lot of the work that you do. And recently, I know that you went to a school um, and you spoke to them, to the young girls in those schools. But beyond that, what's, what are the sort of programs and initiatives that Her Dream Initiative carries out? Okay, yes. Um, we carry out outreaches because that is a fundamental part of the organization to understand, to connect with women and girls better to know, you know, how we could help. You know, the school we went to last time, it was a revelation for me, you know, seeing girls talk about rape, you know, ask questions that are quite concerning. It just made me realize how um, how we need to prioritize listening to these girls, listening to women, you know. So we, we carry out outreaches. We also carry out research projects in collaboration with various organizations. I think collaboration and partnership is something I really need to work on. But apart from that, we we take out research projects. Yes, we write articles on female genital mutilation. I think in conjunction with um a patron organization. So they give they kind of like give us research topics to explore. Okay. And we carry them. Yeah. So that's um another part of the work. Another part of the work that I like I mentioned before, the humanitarian part of it, you know, distributing relief items and um, you know, but that's based on funding. And as we know, funding is, is a big deal these days. So that's yeah. also a major part of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh I the first episode of the podcast was with Titi Lokwadedukum, which I believe you know she's also been on your podcast as well. Yeah. By the way, for anyone listening, please check out her podcast. We'll, we'll speak more about it though. But yeah, <laughs> so oh, one of the things that Titi, Titi and I spoke about was the fact that many feminist organizations are underfunded, and hmm. it's. Like, even you have said that many of the things that you want to carry out ha- need funding, need need money, need resources. Well, can you tell us why it is so important to support the work that HDI is doing? Not just HDI, but that, like, other organizations are focused on um, tackling discriminatory and derogatory practices against women. Why it's so important to support them and things like that. Mm. Um. Yes, I, I listened to the episode where Titilope said ninety-five percent of um feminist organizations yes. are underfunded, and that was it, it. I wasn't shocked to be honest. In fact, my shock was, you know, where is the five percent? Like, I was really interested in knowing. You wanted to know <laughs> because I, I really, I really think that feminist organizations i think it comes with 
you know, the attitude we have towards feminism in Nigeria generally. And so it's kind of hard to convince another person that this is what your money would be used for. So sometimes I see organizations, you know, struggle to explain. But at the end of the day, this money is to help another person. And in most cases, it's literally rebuilding a person's life. I was on, I don't know if you know this aunt, Auntie Landa. She has a foundation in Lagos where she provides shelter for domestic violence. Okay, let me just say this. Yeah, domestic violence. So we are we are releasing a directory sometime this month, December, and it is a list of all domestic violence service providers in Nigeria. So we have want to have it in a single document and distribute to as many people as possible. So when they need help, they can, you know, just look up the directory, look at a place closest to them and get help. So um oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was it's it's been a long project. And I think because of funding, it was quite hard to, you know, do everything in time. Mm-hmm. So when when I found Auntie Landa's foundation in Lagos, I was really surprised because most of these domestic violence cases we see on social media, she actually is the person who handles them. And sometimes I see that she has to resort to literally going into people's DMs and saying, this woman just, like, her husband was beating her. She just left the house. So literally this woman needs to start a life all over again i'm talking about housing um food um mm-hmm. you know what what else anything you could think of for survival clothes because some of them literally run out of the house you know yeah. with nothing in their name you know not even their phones not their atm cards so they're literally just out there and in the mercy of anyone who decides to you know be generous enough so yeah. I think the problem with funding is having to, and that's why so I respect um your podcast so much. I respect Titi Lopez, um, Sisterly HQ so much because it's so important to hear how responders, you know, tackle these issues. You know yeah. that a lot, you understand that a lot of money actually comes into these things, and that's yeah. the truth. Money comes into these things. It's it's not um it's not like anyone is trying to gain money for their own personal benefit. As a matter yeah. of fact, most times we spend out of our pockets. I, you know, recently had a case with someone and I literally had to empty my account for her because at that point she needed it urgently and it wasn't a matter of, you know, trying to reach out to people which would have been too late. So we have a lot of cases like that and we just need to listen more to survivors we also need to listen to these service responders we need to hear their stories on how they were able to you know help a woman to become independent from yeah. from being um abused so yes i think that's that's his funding yeah there are like so many things to pick from that the fact that a lot of the work that you do and these other organizations do is like rely it relies on like funding and how much funding you get but i think it's commendable i have to commend you that you're still impacting people even without this funding like you're finding a way and 
hopefully things get better where people can understand that it's important for organizations like yours to be funded. But till then, we'll do what we can. We'll spread the word. And of course, Career Area yeah. is always here to share anything that we can, any work that HDI is mm. doing. Yeah. Apart from funding, what do you think is one of your biggest like setbacks concerning HDI? Mm. <laughs> this question, I could write a book. <laughs> um, okay, I think what came to me, the first, the first setback that came to me, you know, you asking this question is the slow realization that my personal growth actually directly impacted the growth of the organization. Mm-hmm. I struggled with it a lot because it didn't occur to me, you know, you know the the legal term when you say corporate entity, separate entity yeah. is different from, you know, the so I think I kind of took that personal because I I just wanted to have this division that this is Hadrim Initiative, this is Heritage Tomila Wow, don't mix yeah. the two up, you know. And but it's hard, slowly it's think, hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's um I don't know the word to use, but I realized, you know, as uh, there's um, something that DDK always says, um, Debola Dejukurumi, she would say that social impact cannot be achieved without personal growth. And I think this is so true, you know. The moment I found myself struggling without fear, you know, imposter syndrome, that's when her dream initiative was literally hanging by the threads. But when I decided to, you know, face, be, be good emotionally, be good mentally, I discovered that her dream initiative was also growing and expanding. Mm-hmm. So I think now I have this balance. Now I can easily delegate. Now I can, you know, slowly, um, slowly not allow my personal feelings to affect the growth of the organization. And I think that would be, the major thing, to be honest, even with funding, you know, sometimes me as a person, I'm a type of person before starting Hadrim Initiative, I'm not the type of person that will come to your DM and say, oh, I need, I don't know, but like, I, I wouldn't be the sort of person to mm-hmm. say, oh, I, so I, I want to get this and I need this money. I was not the type, but starting her dream initiative, you actually have to open your mouth to ask for things. You have to ask for help. And this was so hard for me, but at the end of the day, I, I adjusted. I, I learned, I spoke with mentors. I had, you know, a lot of support from family and friends. So mm-hmm. this just made me more confident. Now, even if I'm asking you for money and you say no, I won't take it personally. Like it's yeah. an insult to me or something. So, Yes, that's, I think that's so. Yeah, I think like even like when I started career or even before then, actually, I was a part of like Global Chain Makers Mentorship Program. And one of the things that my mentor and I worked on, there are like different parts of the program though. And one of them is funding, how to get funds for your social impact project. And I remember him telling me like one of the stories of how he got funding shout out to Anthony if he's listening that was my mentor <laughs> and I remember he was telling me the story and he told me that okay you know when you are also searching for funding and I just laughed because I was like I don't think that I could ever do 
any organization or DNS and or start anything where I'll need to go and ask people for money because I don't think I have the confidence to go and ask people for money. But like the fact that you overcame that fear that you had and you grew and you're able to like go go to people, speak to them about your organization and why they should donate to you. And you're fine with them even saying no. I think that's like kudos to you. It's something I'm still learning and I'm still working on. And hopefully I could get some tips from you on how I can overcome that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I think you're just fine. I'm telling you. I yeah. think once you, do it, once you do it like twice, you know, you kind of get over the the feeling. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know you are doing this for something good. You are doing this mm-hmm. for something bigger than yourself so i think that kind of helps you you know yeah yeah so to whoever's listening and whoever's worried about asking for funding for your social impact project you heard it from heritage after the first one or two times be a breeze so hopefully you take that like first step and just ask and if they say no like you know it's not the end of the world it won't kill you so yeah yeah. it's not And there'll always be yeses. So, mm, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. You know, so, from, from people you're not even expecting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And oh, another thing that you mentioned Steph, was about speaking out and saying, okay, like asking, even if it's not monetary wise, like asking for help. When I started yeah. career, I was, I was. I still am, to be honest, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to be better. And soon enough, we're calling out for volunteers. So hopefully anyone that's interested in joining the team can join us. But at the beginning, in like September, I was the graphic designer. I was the editor. I still am the editor and graphic designer. But I think I'm taking things a bit easier now. I was a writer. I I interviewed all the guests, write all the write all the questions out and it was so stressful and draining and it was at a time when I was in between work so I had all the time in the world so I would stay on career for like seven to eight hours straight just designing stuff and posting and and I have like I have a team like okay we're we're a relatively small team right now we're five Mm -hmm. but at some point it was only two of us but then I just didn't like asking for help. I was just like, well, this person is busy. Because I felt like, okay, I created this idea. I don't want to stress other people. <laughs> but my my friend, Varsha, who's operations lead, would always text me and be like, okay, what do you need help with? Like, could you tell me <laughs> what you want me to do? And I'm here to help and everything. And it's something that I'm, I'm definitely trying to grow out of. But it's a learning it takes it takes time and it's it's a journey of learning but yeah okay (laughs) so from your biggest setback now to your biggest success like it seems like hdi is doing a lot of things you said you do a lot of research you're working on a database um and you also do outreaches which i think is incredible but what would you think what would you say has been your biggest success so far hmm. um strangely enough it would be it would be the team of people i have i think i don't know if that qualifies for it but oh, yeah the volunteers the people in the organization i think that's the biggest because you can't um predict 
who comes to your organization as a volunteer or as a member of the team you can't you can't tell what they will do you can't tell what they won't do and i'm not a person okay yes so i'm introverted so before her dream initiative Same. i didn't know so many people so i was like um okay call for volunteers on my whatsapp and i literally you know i was just thinking if i call for volunteers on my whatsapp right now <laughs> i won't get anyone to <laughs> to actually volunteer because I could already see, I, I went through my contact list. I could already tell the number of people who would be interested. And yeah. at the same time, they might not still just want to commit. They might not want to do anything. They just want to be in the group. Mm-hmm. So what happened along the way was I um, decided to share with a friend. And I don't know, for some funny reason, she was like, I've been waiting for you to do this. Like literally been watching you when you were going to start this and before you know it she because she is the extroverted person mm-hmm. she reached out to volunteers and the number started doubling and now we have like a formidable team we're still growing obviously still learning a lot of lessons we still have days where everyone is silent and i'm like are you guys not interested in this anymore kind yeah. of thing but at the same time i, I think it's it's amazing that we're able to do that that's the success i would really count you know having those people on my team yeah it's it's so hard to find people who i don't think you can ever find people that will be as passionate about your social impact project as you are maybe i mean when i asked for my like whatsapp for people who will be interested in volunteering i didn't really get any replies and it almost deterred me but it didn't i reached out Mm -hmm. to people personally and to be honest, the the three people, three yeah, three of the people that are on the team now were like not from me reaching out personally. Somebody like um filled our volunteer form on our website. Somebody reached out to me. Like another wow. person was from a friend that sent a message. So it wasn't like. I was going to like each person and it's so funny now that I think about it because at that time, excuse me, at that time when I sent the message, I just felt like, oh, this is a horrible idea. No one is interested in it. Like if no one even wants to volunteer, like who's even going to check out our website? And like to see now that the people on the team, they said like they were the ones who wanted to join. Like I didn't go and ask them personally. I think that's great. And I'm very proud of the team. <laughs> Shout out to the crew area team. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like as you said, like it's so important to not let this like deter you finding people who would align with you and align with your organization's values. And I know for a lot of people who'll be starting out with their projects right now. It might just seem like they're doing it all by themselves, but you also have to speak out, like go on your LinkedIn. As Titi Lopez says, yeah. exist loudly, share what you're yeah. doing, and you will definitely find yeah. people who want to yeah. work with you, who are interested in what you do, and who want to make impact like you do. So yeah, thank you for that, for answering that question, Heritage. Okay, so next question. Now let's take another step back. Um, We've spoken about what you think one of your biggest lessons was your biggest successes. But of course, 
every organization evolves and grows, especially as you learn more. So as her dream initiative continues to grow and evolve and adapt, how do you think the initiative has changed from the first idea you had for it to now? Oh, yes. It's, um, has it changed? I think it's more of, um, what's the word now? Kind of narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a goal, you know, sometimes you just you just feel, oh, I'm a superwoman. I can yeah. bring a change, and then you start finding out that okay, you have to do this. You have to do this gradually. So mm-hmm. we had to adjust to you know doing things in our capacity within a realistic range. So mm-hmm. um, we're not as because yeah, our dream initiative we intend to go global. We want to obviously touch other parts. I feel sometimes when you're in Nigeria for too long, you just see all the terrible things that are happening in one place. <laughs> but but you know, there are other countries that equally face a lot of discriminatory practices. I think recently the spotlight has been on South Africa. Um mm-hmm. for a long time the spotlight has been on India. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I think recently I was reading a report on child marriage and child marriage, Nigeria is not even, you know, the top five. We have mm-hmm. Uganda, we have other countries that come before Nigeria. So I definitely feel we would have to, you know, step in, collaborate with organizations in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But for now, we we have learned to take things gradually mm-hmm. and embrace collaboration. There's so much, and I have to say this for any social impact person, there's so much collaboration and partnership can do. Yeah. You know, it's not even about the money sometimes. Sometimes it's just something as simple as organizing an Instagram live mm-hmm. or having a Twitter space discussion or something like that. So it's um it's it's um easy for you to have this visibility in other parts of the world when you are actively yeah. collaborating with people in those countries. So I think that was one thing I didn't expect Hadrim Initiative to do. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, let's say, proud. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, oh, I can handle this and all, but we eventually moved, you know, we switched to partnership, collaboration, and I think that that worked for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, collaboration is so important. And like that is, gosh, it, I feel like it's so underrated, like working with other organizations, seeing how you can collaborate because where you start or where you end is where another organization could start. So it's so important to partner with other young people that are doing work. And um, even like with every person that I've spoken to on the podcast, they've definitely spoken about how it has definitely helped them with their work. And, you know, again, with Courier, I'm sorry I keep coming back to Courier, but, like, this is what's... Courier is what I am right now. <laughs> so <laughs> we keep going back here, but, like, it's, like, something I can easily pick examples of so that I can relate it to what you're saying. And with Courier, the core of it is focused on, like, SDG 17, but also looking about how looking at rather how youth are 
partners in the achievement of the sustainable development goals. So sometimes in the past when people would ask like, oh, what's your idea? What's SDG does your idea cover? And I wouldn't I was never really able to pick one because we've spoken to we've spoken to people like young people like you who are focused on SDG five. spoken to people um, young people who are focused on climate change spoken to young people who are not even just focused on sdg5 or, but on a particular target of sdg5 on like political participation of women on creating more opportunities for women so so it's not just like a blanket it's not just like a specific sdg that we are focused on but then as i read more and like just researched and explored more, I came to understand that what we look at is SDG 17 and SDG 17 is on partnership for the goals. But now it's, we are now focused on amplifying the voices of youth and showing that youth are more than beneficiaries, but they are stakeholders and they are collaborators and they are, they are part, actual part, partners in the achievement of the goals. So, Again, it goes, uh, yes, exactly. So it goes back to the point of what you said about how collaboration is so important and it's so underrated. And I think even if, like, I've sent messages to so many people on LinkedIn. Some people have read them because, as you know, LinkedIn sometimes will rat you out and tell you when somebody has checked your profile. <laughs> so Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I sent messages to people and they would check my profile, but they wouldn't send a reply. And Hmm. it it can be a bit hard sometimes because you're now like ah so let me not send any message again but ah there will be people that will reply you replied my message like all the people that I've had on podcasts have replied my message so it doesn't matter if you get a no as you said earlier like just keep going keep trying to collaborate keep trying to partner with people and your reach will definitely increase you will learn so much more and you'll be able to give so much more as well and impact more people so yeah. I think that's so important. Thank you very much for answering that question, Heritage. Okay, now we took a step back to the past, but now let's look, let's talk about the future, the future of her dream initiative. So what are the future plans? You've told us a bit about how you want to collaborate more, how you're working on a um what's it called? I've forgotten I've forgotten the a directory, yes. How you're working on a directory. <laughs> How you want to to go beyond Nigeria, but are there any other plans in the works or are there any other things that you would like her dream initiative to achieve? Hmm. Yes, I think for next year, I, I've just had one campaign in sight. And it's so funny because that campaign is just supposed to be for the first quarter of the year. Mm But hmm um That's like the immediate thing we're working on right now. We are trying to have this nationwide campaign against economic abuse because it's not something popularly discussed, but it is a very, you know, crucial thing to discuss. Um, Mm. What do you mean by all economic the abuse? Oh, sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Yeah, um, so we have domestic abuse. It's it's like a branch. But why we're emphasizing on it is because we kind of see this reluctance for Nigerian banks. And I think this is where the collaboration thing will come in because we intend to engage commercial banks in several discussions. 
Um, I went. I traveled recently to um to the UK, and one day I was just coming back home. I looked up and I saw this billboard by Satanda Bank, and the okay. bank was just you know speaking against economic abuse. How that if as a woman you notice your husband is having total control of your account, speak mm-hmm. up. You know, you can actually speak to them, and you would do something about it. And I was like, "This is this is amazing." My yeah. mind was blown. I never really saw it that way, and I started to think about it. In some ways, these banks can actually do something. They yeah. can actually step. You know, create policies that women would be encouraged to open banks with them. I think recently Keystone has um, this this campaign for women pink account so once you have their card you have a lot of access to medical care you know beauty products which is fantastic but i think we should also go ahead to campaign against economic abuse a lot of women can't leave you know their home even yeah. when they're being beat because they don't have the money mm-hmm. you don't have the money mm-hmm. it's it's different in other countries where we we have shelters we have places you know they could go to if they run away from home in nigeria you're on your own literally you're out in the streets you know Mm -hmm. if family is not there to accept you if friends are not there to accept you um you're literally on your own so we want to just you know have this campaign against economic abuse how we want to create awareness firstly because People don't know that this is the reason why people, women don't leave. And we usually ask that question a lot, which yeah. is really not a good yeah. <laughs> You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you hear people say, why didn't you leave? It's, as as uh, materialistic as it may sound, I feel saying I didn't have the money is a good reason because yeah. you can just leave if your life is in danger. But money to a large extent, like you it's say, important. runs the world. Especially yeah, so, if those women have children, because who's going to fend for the children? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, we've the the news that recently got to me that was so sad: the death of um, this gospel singer, Usinachi. Yeah. And you know, the first thing she noticed and she spoke up about was the fact that her husband was literally taking all her earnings because he wasn't working, and she was. So he took all the earnings, had total control of all the accounts. And that's that's like the first step, literally. They want to isolate you. They want to make sure that you literally have nowhere to run. You are trapped in one place. Yeah. So yes, that that's the the first thing on my mind. Then we also have this leadership program for girls that we want to start. But the leadership program is aimed at, you know, just connecting them to international education opportunities scholarships fellowships yeah short courses um that's one thing i'm really interested in because throughout my undergraduates it was i think it it was in my third year or my second that i realized there were so many opportunities for young people that we didn't really have access to maybe it's due to you know not knowing how to navigate the whole internet thing and finding Mm -hmm. opportunities for us so we want to bring the, those opportunities closer to them, you know, tell them, okay, how to write a good um, a good personal statement, scholarship yeah. statement, 
yeah, all those things. So that would be next year as well. And um, I think that's more partnership, more collaborations and, you know, in more funding by God's grace. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> like, um, from the first thing you said about economic abuse and financial freedom, I was even reading something recently, and I think it's a common fact. It's known that women are usually the ones that have to work hard to earn money, mm. especially women yeah. in low in- from low-income backgrounds. So I think that mm. the work that you're doing is fantastic, and it reminds me of work that my mom is currently doing as well. She has a show called The Vex Money Show, and it's focused on mm. educating women on finance, on specifically um, women from low in- with low incomes, so market women, women with shops in store and stores and markets in different markets in Nigeria, and she focuses on like getting their stories, finding out how they save, and educating them on how they can save. And the the thing wow. is that most of these women don't even like have bank accounts because they don't really understand mm-hmm. it. So things like even digital literacy are things that she's addressing as well. So I think that it's amazing that you are also looking at partnering with the bank. I'm so happy to, you know, to hear that, you know, work is being done because yeah. that, that is so inspiring. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited to see like the impact that you make through that. Because as you said, it's not something that's really spoken about as much. Like, people talk about financial freedom, but then I think it needs more. There needs to be more conversations about it. And again, the leadership program for girls sounds amazing. I was in your shoes when I was in University of Lagos. I would search, like, I have so many websites. Like, I have a database of just websites for opportunities for young people. And I know that it was a struggle for me to, like, learn about writing personal statements. Like, even, it was only, like, a few months ago that I figured out what, like, there's a difference between an academic CV and, like, a normal CV. So things like that (laughs) are definitely important. I don't think the, I don't, I'm speaking only from what I know, and I know that the Nigerian education system does not really prepare you for like schooling abroad <laughs> or in other countries. So it's great that you're doing that for young girls and you're just teaching them even, and they might not even be applying now, but at least they have that knowledge for when they apply in the future. So yeah, I think that's great. And again, another collaboration opportunity, maybe you could even partner with Sisterly HQ because at some point Sisterly HQ had an opportunities um thing on LinkedIn where they yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so hey collaborations partnerships we love it <laughs> yeah I'm very excited for like all the future plans though yeah okay so now we're gonna we're going to dig a deep a bit deeper more personal you know <laughs> but I know that you recently finished um as you said you recently graduated from you congratulations again but thank you you're welcome (laughs) but what else are you doing or what else do you get up to beyond hdi because as you mentioned earlier at the beginning when you were speaking about how you sort of tried to separate yourself from hdi but then you found that as you grew hdi grew as well but you're still a separate person a separate entity to use legalese but like what else do you do apart from hdi you worked with Amnesty, right? Yes. From my, yes. From my, okay, so my LinkedIn stalking skills are still on point. But <laughs> yeah, so what else do you get up to beyond Her Dream Initiative? 
So for me, actually, since for a long time, I've been wanting to do more of um, gender consulting, you know, kind of advising on policies. And I think that was that was just due to my final year project because I wrote um I wrote on gender mainstreaming in the maritime sector. So that kind of made me feel, oh, oh wow. you're good at this. Yeah. And you could actually build a career. So for me, I'm really now because the next thing for most people would be law school, NYC, the usual, but I am thinking of just um, going straight to where I know would um would work for me in the end. So mm-hmm. currently I'm doing more of just online remote interning um just doing um, consulting freelancing by the side but i really want to develop a career in that path at the end of the day mm. so yeah there's there's really nothing at least for for this year i think i'm done with all this scheming you know as regards my own personal um life yeah so i'm just waiting for next year you know, so you know, you are you apply at the end of the year, you apply for so many opportunities. I just waiting to hear back. So I would say something good is coming next year, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure something good is coming. But um again, another note. Um, you know, I think I've been in your shoes where like I'm not sure if I want to do love, like how I went to law yeah. school as well. I passed well, yeah. thank God. Two one two one, humble brag. <laughs> it's not a first class, but I'm still proud. <laughs> but yeah. like, you should be proud. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, like after after I was done with law school, most of my friends, if not all, were either working in law firms during National Youth Service Corps (NYSC). During NYSC, for people who don't know what NYSC, it's like a one-year compulsory working scheme where graduates have to work for a year in an organization and also do community development. So I think I, I've recently I've had to explain NYSC to a lot of people. So <laughs> that came out easily. <laughs> but, but like for my NYSC now, I... I applied to like one or two law firms when I was in law school. Well, after the interviews, I was just like, hmm, I'm not sure. So I was like, okay, NYSC, it's very hard to get into the international development sector. Let me use this time when I have no experience, when there are no expectations from me to work in an NGO and sort of see how an NGO is run, what happens. And I worked with IFA Reading Society, an amazing organization with amazing ladies, my friends, Ijema and Maggie, shout out to you as well, <laughs> with amazing people. And I learned so much from them. And even beyond international development, was just like life stuff even, I learned a lot from them. So I was in a situation where people will always ask me, ah, you're not working in a law firm. What are you going to do? What is this? What was that? I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just leave me. I just know that law is not what I want to do right now. So to hear that, like, yeah. you are not falling into that, oh, okay, everybody is doing law. Let me do law too. I think it's really important. It's very important to know yourself. And my mom, 
always calls herself an unserious parent because she she's very big on she's a creative so she's very big on you doing what you want to do on what will make you happy
of change makers in Nigeria are doing amazing all over the world generally. Yeah. Um, when I came into this space, I found um, Timila Day into she's into climate change and you know mm-hmm. representing us all over the world. I met Karimot Odibode, who is now the young SDG leader of 2022. Mm-hmm. You know, I met V Kat, um, I can't really pronounce her <laughs> last name, but she, I met her as well, read her book, and I'm like, so we have this community, we have these people within our reach, literally. So I think I would advise that any young chain maker should find that community. It can be in form of um, a social impact group, just like a group of people, you know, talking once in a while, sharing their challenges, sharing their successes and all that stuff. Then it could be a mentor, someone who you look up to and is already doing amazing things in that field. And I think for me, from my own, from my own point of view, I will tell you to, to take your time to not, Mm -hmm. you know, feel down when you don't exactly hit your target. I know you want to do amazing things. I know you want to change the world and make the world a better place, but you have to understand that you are also human. You have to understand that, you know, sometimes these things really do take time. So it's fine if you don't, if you don't have the audience of 1 million people and it's just like 10 people who are actually actively following what you are doing. It's fine. Be consistent um show up because you never know where your name would come up you'd never know mm-hmm. which room they would recommend you and say oh I've, I've seen this person this person has been on this thing for years and you, you sometimes you don't even know where that person is coming from literally you know yeah. sometimes i receive emails and i'm like how did this person even know <laughs> i exist it's just one friend then another friend and or one community recommending you so Yes, that's what I would I would say. That's At really the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. So build a community. And even if you don't find a community you can join, you you can start one yourself. So start a community or build a community. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you, you take your time and you show up. So that's very important. Thank you for those two tips, Heritage. Now, um... Okay, so this has again has to do with like HDI's uh, mission generally. But how do you think people can make a change in their community as it relates to discriminatory and derogatory practices against females? Like what's because we've said that funding is important, so we know that funding funding is one of the things that people can do more. But beyond that, what else do you think? Because sorry, some context. So under every article that we do beyond our interview articles we try to put prompts so we do read more prompts and do more prompts and read more prompts we link articles that people can read to educate themselves more on the topic that we've written about and the do more prompts are like small seemingly small actionable steps that people can take because we need to show people that you don't have to be a part of a large organization to make a difference. So what steps do you think that people can take to address derogatory or discriminatory practices against women? Mm. Yes, uh, this question is so important, by the way. Thank you so much for asking because 
sometimes you want to do something but you kind of feel helpless and i think i i wrote um a blog article on for example an active bystander what they do when you see that a lady is being harassed let's say in your boss and it comes down to the little things you do like you said like the seemingly little things that are not so little for example I have found myself in conversations, you know, just with people regularly. And I hear someone say something about a woman that is quite discriminatory, but, you know, a lot of people just like to sweep things like that under the carpet. I don't do that. I say, okay, why would you think like that? I want to hear your opinion. And you sometimes you see them struggle to give a valid reason for why they think that way. Yeah. And then I explain to them that why you are thinking this way is because you have a certain image of women that is is really not correct and the most recent one had to do with um funke akindele for people who don't know her she's an actress and entertainer who recently decided to vie for the post of a deputy governor in lagos state nigeria and she got a lot of of um side comments talking about her marriage the fact that she can't um, handle governance well because she's her home is really not stable and I decided to ask the person okay so how many wives does um, Buari have the president of Nigeria and he was silenced because he really couldn't tell how many wives he had and I was like you see why you don't know because you feel it's not relevant so why is it relevant when it comes to a woman's case like why yeah. do you have to know how many children she has you know, all that stuff, it's, it's really just discrimination. It's really just being biased and being sexist. But we don't like to put titles to these things in Nigeria. So I would encourage anyone, like, when you're in a room and, you know, some things are being said that are really, really not accurate, they are discriminatory, you know, you have to make sure that you check that person. Tell the person this is not what it is. You know, speak up. Speak up when you see... When you see something like they say, say something. say something. When you yeah, when you see someone being harassed, don't just walk walk away or laugh. You know, sometimes I see people do that in public places, and it kind of gets me irritated because I won't want to watch something going on and I decide to laugh and walk away because mm-hmm. I don't want to seem like the person overreacting. Please, by all means, overreact if you need to. You know. Mm-hmm. People are going to say, oh, you're too strict, you're you being too sensitive, reading too much into things. But sometimes you really have to be that person, you know. That's, that's what change is all about sometimes. When you are changing something, it's always different from the norm. Yeah, so exactly. It's not, it's not, you're not always going to get the applause. And I think we really yeah. need to understand that as change makers, it's not every time they'll be giving you an award or they'll be spotlighting you on Instagram. Sometimes you have to do things that you've been sorted for. You have to speak up. And I think one person that really gets the backlash with change makers uh, generally is uh, is Greta, Greta Thunberg. Mm, with, uh, yeah. I work with climate change. I see a lot of people say, go to school, you should be focusing on other things right now. And yeah. she's speaking for the cause of everyone. But everyone, we all, yeah. People just seem to find her, you know, too much. She's doing too much. So I think that's what change make makers do. Sometimes we have to bear that that um discriminatory comments. We have to bear some of these things too. 
So I hope I'm not discouraging anyone. But no, please <laughs> don't be discouraged. <laughs> you still get the award, definitely. You still get. Why did I just think of that quote that your reward is in heaven? Please don't. <laughs> your reward is here too. Please keep going. Like it'll all be worth it. And even like that thing you said about Greta Thunberg. People are intimidated by her, especially because she's young. She's female. Yeah. And hmm. she's speaking up against people who are much older than her, who are male, who are in positions of power, and she's not taking any prisoners. So all those ones that people are saying, oh, keep quiet, go to school, go to school. Like, please stop it. <laughs> she's trying to help you. She's trying to make sure that your future is better. And what you can do is support. So, yeah. We always ask this question. But again, like quick explanation, Korea means change in my in my mom's language. It's so cool. So we like to know, or I'd like to know, what change means to you. Mm. Change. Um, I think change to me is is just a result of you thinking of something bigger than yourself changes is doing your best to impact people making sure that you don't leave people the same way you know that you met them um i think that there's this quote i really love so much although sometimes i forget the full quote but it's, it's literally saying that when people see you they should see lights they should see a reflection of some of something good you know Wow. Just the uh, transferring, transferring your energy, transferring, you know, positive vibes, you know, positivity, change, like you said, like the word itself. Um, so it's not, it's not really the fancy things. It's not um sponsoring five hundred girls to school. You know, sometimes it's as little as um, it's as little as speaking up. You know, when you see someone being, I will always speak in the context of, you know, women rights, when you see someone being abused, it's sometimes it's even about someone telling you she has been raped and you saying it's not your fault and, you know, you didn't do anything wrong because sometimes we see people blame themselves and the people, they, the first person they go to tell the matter to is the person who actually, you know, shuts them up. Mm-hmm. and says oh it's not possible it's not true so it's the little thing it's sometimes it's the words you say you know the the actions you take daily the posts yeah. your linkedin posts your instagram posts like you guys are really killing it the linkedin top voices i have to say that by the way oh, you know i see your you. sometimes and I'm, <laughs> I'm just like this is a good start to my day so i don't feel like um, i'm not being consistent so <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I feel this is a good start. You know, just you doing dropping that post. You know, you've created change in some way. You've inspired someone. You've helped someone. So yes, I think that it's there's really nothing grand or fancy that I have to say about what it means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I really love that quote you said about how when people see you, they should see lights. 
And that's, look, is so powerful because when people see you, they should see goodness. They should see, even if it's not perfection, they should see that you are striving to be a better person. You're striving to make people around you better. You're striving to make your community and your society better. And another important thing that you said is about just starting. Like most of the posts on my LinkedIn, I overthink things. So what I've been doing recently, and I, hope i think it could also be used in the social impact project context about how immediately i write it once i read it once i send it because i know that if i keep it in my head i'll keep thinking about it thinking about it, thinking about it so again for those who are starting social impact projects or who actually have started and maybe want to do something new that they think might not work maybe just start if it doesn't work out fine then you can always work on it again, uh, but like, just just start, just publish that post, just send that message, just mm. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a very I I love your definition of change also about how it's not about the big things necessarily. It's about the little things. It's about publishing a post. It's about sharing something on social media, and you're sharing something even if you can't send money to like an organization. It's possible that if you even share maybe something from her dream initiative, like the person that sees it, someone on your feed might see it and might send money. So technically, yeah. like you've helped them raise funds. So even just sharing is important. And I guess that sort of brings me to my next question about how people can support her dream initiative beyond funding. Of course, speak about funding because it's important. But yeah. <laughs> So yes, okay. I want to promise everyone listening that a um a single donation, any donation you make, won't be wasted. You literally would see the benefit of what you've done. Mm -hmm. So that's about funding. Then you could also engage us on social media. We are on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram as Hadream Initiative. You know, so. That's so easy to find. Just um, engage. Sometimes we have articles. You could read them. Sometimes we love to hear feedback from people on those research topics. And I think I'm particular about people in the North. Sometimes I really like to, you know, explore other cultures because I haven't been anywhere in the North apart from maybe Abuja, and I don't even think that counts. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> so yeah so i i would really love to to engage with you know people in other parts of nigeria other parts of the world so please engage us on social media then we also have outreaches in in different states we are next year we are planning southwest south um south south so if you have outreaches in your area please do join us you don't have to you know you don't have to you just take a short training and then you could join us for that day. You could be a volunteer as well. We are always interested in the growth of all our volunteers. So mm -hmm. you'll be sure that we're not going to, you know, just leave you like that. We are going to actually give you tips on how to level up as well as a person. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And just pointing out that volunteer thing, like, please... If you have volunteers in your organizations, please ensure that they are also gaining from you. So not that you're just taking, taking, taking. And the last episode we did was, was with 
Rufstar, who is the co-founder of Smira Foundation or the Smira Project. And they focus on donating secondhand clothes to communities in India. And now they're in Nigeria, actually. We had an outreach, I think, a few months ago. Was it last month? Yeah. And they're, they're going to be in, I believe, Brazil or the Philippines soon. I'm not sure which country. But one thing that he really hammered on was the fact that they tried to match their volunteers to tasks which they know which they know they'd be interested in whether for their careers whether personally so if let's say a volunteer is interested in getting an mba in the future they will put him in charge of a team so that he could build his team leading his leadership qualities and his leadership tools and things like that so uh, as heritage said a note for anyone else who is looking to get volunteers just make sure that you are constantly checking in with your volunteers, making sure that they are enjoying the experience, they are gaining from the experience. And, and incentives don't have to be money. Not like even writing a recommendation letter, even connecting them with yeah. someone in your community, even helping them with mm -hmm. their own projects, I think is very important. And I'm glad that HDI, um, Her Dream Initiative, is also very focused on developing their volunteers as well. And apart from your beneficiaries gaining from you, the people within the system, your system are also gaining. So, okay. So I think you've also sort of answered this question about like your future plans. And you, you've mentioned that you've applied for a lot of things. You want to go into gender yeah. consulting in the future and you're just looking yeah. for more opportunities. Well, you're waiting on opportunities, which I'm sure you'll definitely get. Um, Amen. <laughs> yes, you will. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> but how how can people connect with you? Where can people find you? Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm also on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. I really don't do well with Twitter, so I think I'm just on those two. Oh, on Instagram, I'm H Somilawal. Yes, so that's and on LinkedIn, Heritage Somilawal. So I think that that's um that's all. Um, I would love to have conversations with change makers. You know, if you have questions or um, if you need some sort of advice on anything, or if you want to advise me too as well, please. Absolutely, please. <laughs> feel, free. <laughs> feel free to connect. I would be really glad to to have new new connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can definitely send Heritage a message on Instagram or LinkedIn these messages if, if you want to connect if you want to learn more about her her work or collaborate even because as heritage mentioned earlier she's very big on collaboration and partnerships so that's definitely something that i assume that you're open to yeah okay so our final question we've come to the end of the road and i really really enjoyed this conversation it's one of my favorite podcast episodes that we've recorded i say that like we recorded like six seasons like three <laughs> but i really enjoyed it our final question that we ask all our change makers all our young impact creators is for your top three recommendations now we only say top three recommendations as a formality you could give us more recommendations if you want where recommendations could be anything from a book to a website to a mantra that you're following to a podcast you're listening to to someone you follow anything at all um for podcasts i would definitely recommend yours because Aww. i 
<laughs> yeah, I told you I've been following the podcast, so listening to different episodes and it's so interesting that you you have um, this ability to engage people in discussions and allow them to actually, you know, express themselves and talk. So podcast generally is is the, is a big deal these days. And yeah. I'm saying this because I have a podcast as well. Yes, and I think, yeah, I just, um, I was, I, I'm to have you as a guest as well. Yeah, by the way. actually, we'll talk about that later. Don't worry. <laughs> So, um, uh, yeah, so your podcast, number one, I Thank would you. say TED Talks Daily as well. TED Talks Daily yeah, is, a way to, is a way to be current without, without being bored, literally. Mm. It's a way to get a lot of inspiration and motivation. Then I would say Voice of Change. I listen to Voice of Change. It's a podcast by Jumoke Adunowo. She talks about leadership. She talks about crucial social issues. And I just really love her because she's such a blunt person. If you need a wake-up call to do the right thing, you really need to listen to her podcast. Um, Then I listen to BBC Women because I like to hear about what's going on, you know, as regards women's rights in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Then for books... um, with regards to women too, I would recommend Hood Feminism. This is a book written by, I can't quite recall her name now. I think it's Nikki. I can't remember. But the name of the book is Hood Feminism. So it kind of gives the, the perspective of feminism from um, minority groups. Talk about um, women, black women, women of color, you know, single mothers, the reality, literally. I think a book was quite an attack on this other book by Cheryl. I can't even remember the name of that book, but it was about women in leadership. And book okay. feminism was kind of like a critique of that book because she tries to say, oh, yes, you're talking about women leadership, but there's also women that can't even any job not to talk about becoming an executive mm-hmm. so yes that's that's the book um then one of my favorites the alchemist <laughs> i love the alchemist so much maybe because it was i i read it i don't even know if that is right but it was an audio book basically okay. so i enjoyed i enjoyed the alchemist that book is is a recommendation um <laughs> People to follow on, I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram, like I said. So on Instagram, I follow V, I follow Temilade, Salami, Karimot, Odebode. Um, I follow a lot of change makers generally. On LinkedIn, um, Opportunity Desk, Chizulu, um, gender job boards you know for jobs if you want to get regular jobs updates you can Mm. follow gender jobs um if you want to get scholarships if you want to get opportunities internships you can also follow opportunity desk they share so many on instagram so i think there's opportunities for africans this one is basically for africans nigerians Mm. um yeah, for movies, I would definitely tell you to watch a good Korean drama. 
watch one and change your mind. Which one are you, which one are you watching now? Um, <laughs> Heritage is trying to tell me okay, dramas. Yeah, I, I because people will start talking about boys over flowers and stuff. Like, that's like I haven't 99. watched that actually. I've I tried watching. I'm not gonna lie. I tried watching it. I was like, mm, this isn't for me. It was just, it was just taking too long for something to happen. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was it was actually a very not a very good one to be honest. Okay, but which but, one do you love right now? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I would for twenty twenty two. I would say watch Vincenzo. Vincenzo is such an amazing movie. Um, I would say Alchemy of Souls too. The season two is coming out this December, and mm, I cannot get. wait. <laughs> <laughs> mm, but yeah. Okay, that, okay. That's all for me. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, thank you for your recommendations. I'll check them out. I mean, I've watched K-dramas. I hope my friend doesn't hear this. My friend is is obsessed with K-dramas. And I think the last one I finished was um The Extraordinary Attorney Wu, I think. Yeah. And now I'm watching Shooting Stars, which isn't bad. So you heard it here first, guys. Go and watch K-dramas. Thank you so much, Heritage. I enjoyed speaking with you. I learned a lot from you as well. And I'm sure other people that are listening or are going to listen will learn a lot as well. And yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see um what her dream initiative achieves in the future and what you achieve in the future as well. Cause I think that you're definitely going to take is it take prisoners what's what's the term i don't remember now but yeah you're definitely going to create some amazing impact and i'm excited to see all the lives that you change and all the communities that you impact and yeah thank you for joining and i hope you enjoyed the episode i enjoyed speaking with you so yeah it's such an amazing time thank you so much for having me (laughs) thank you